Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So we've been talking this month about Pentecost, where Jesus said to his disciples, you will receive power. You'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I want to conclude that today by saying the purpose for the power, the purpose for the power is that we are witnesses. So in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said in verse 4, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Many Christians around the world have got excited about that and about being filled with the Spirit. But this next part, which is the reason for being filled with the Spirit, not many Christians have been excited about. Let me read it. It's verse 8. He said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall have wonderful praise and worship meetings. No, he didn't say that. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will have goosebumps and weird manifestations. No, he didn't say that. Although all of those things are fine. Listen to what he said. You, you see, the purpose for the thing, if we don't understand the purpose for why we're given the power, then the power won't remain. You say, Greg, what do you mean by that? Are you, are you sure? You know, in the old days, nowadays mobile telephones are much better. If you leave them plugged in for too long now, it's, it does damage the battery a little bit, but not too much. They put in circuit breakers. But in the old days, if you plugged in and charged your mobile phone for too long, the battery got less and less powerful until it would take no charge. Did you know that? Friend, we are batteries, and the Holy Spirit is the charge. And it's given to us for a purpose. If we just stay plugged in just for the sake of being plugged in, if we go from one revival meeting to the next, get hands laid on us again and again and again for infilling of the Spirit, say, Lord, fill me again and again. If we just keep looking for the input, but we never do the thing it was designed for, it damages us as Christians and we become inoculated against Christianity. You know, where you get just enough that you never get the real disease. We get just enough of God that we've had a wonderful time, but we're never functioning Christians because we haven't understood why were we being filled. It's not so that we can have a wonderful time. Now, this might be a shock to you, but Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The purpose for us getting the power of God is so that we can go out and tell the world about Jesus. That is the purpose. That is why it's happening. And many of us have experienced over the last few weeks and months great infillings of God's power. And I just want to say a gentle but firm warning to you, my brothers and sisters. If you just stay plugged in and you don't witness, you will damage your Christianity. I've seen it in my own life. There have been times where God has 
input into me so much and it's been so wonderful and I've used it and gone and done what he's told me and, and I've just got stronger and stronger. There are other times where I become like the Dead Sea where there's water flowing in but nothing flowing out and the salt deposits grow and grow and it becomes a dead place and my Christianity is dead and lifeless and I'm saying, God, I need another revival meeting to get more of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, no, you don't. You've got the charge. Just go and start using it. Are you challenged? I'm challenged. I'm challenged deeply by this. So, what we've done is we've made a little booklet here, which we've put on your chair today. Um, it's called Shine, Sharing Your Faith in Jesus. If you don't have one of these, it's because the person in the chair next to you stole yours. <laughs> but there are more on the table at the back. We've also designed some business cards, which you don't have on your chairs. They are on the table at the back. But if you look on, in the middle of this booklet on page 6, there's a printed copy of what those business cards look like. So on the one side of the business card, it says, Great news. Jesus loves Jersey and he loves you. If you have more Christians, you can read What is a Christian, which is a little booklet at a web address. And then on the other side of the card, it says, We have great news about Jesus that you may not have heard. Number one, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And then we quote Jeremiah 29 where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's number one. Number two, we have all rejected God's ways and are separated from God. And the verse is Isaiah 59 and Isaiah 64 which says, Our sinful acts have alienated us from God. All of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Number three, Jesus died on the cross to make a way back to God for us. 1 Peter 2, 24, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross, and by His wounds you have been healed. And then number four, if we repent of our sins and give our lives to Him, we will be forgiven and given a new life. Romans 10, 13 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then at the bottom of the business card, there's a little thing that says, Looking for a church? www.jersey.co.uk slash jerseyinfo forward slash churches where there's a list of every church in Jersey. That's the message. But my talk to you today is that you have three things. Yes, you. You say, no, I don't. You're the pastor. You're the shepherd. You're the one who's supposed to give birth to baby sheep. And I want to say, shepherds don't give birth to baby sheep. Sheeps give birth to baby sheep. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Shepherds give birth to baby shepherds. Sheep give birth to baby sheep. We give birth. We help people find the Lord. And whether you accept this, whether you want to accept it or not, I want to tell you today, you have three things today. You have a message, which is what's on this little business card. You have a message. It's not a complicated message. Every single one of us in this room can understand this message. You don't need a theology degree to understand this message. It's intuitive. Every human being, if you tell them this, they will get it because it's intuitive. It's simple. 
It's not difficult to understand. It's not a list of rituals and church jargon and a whole lot of different difficult things. It is a simple message. God loves you and He's made a way for you to be saved. Just accept Him. That's the message. And we've given you a lovely, beautiful, colored, printed card for you to use to give the message. You have this message. Not, not the preacher. You. You have the message. But you also have... A miracle. Did you know that? The second thing you have is a miracle. You see, when the Holy Spirit came upon that little group of 120 in the upper room at Pentecost, which we spoke about last week and the week before, the, the power of God, the flame of the Holy Spirit came on every single one of them. And they all spoke with other languages and they were all empowered to be witnesses, not just the apostles. Not just some, not just those who have a gifting for evangelism, not just those who have a bubbly personality. Everyone has this, and it's a miracle, and um, what it is mostly is healing, but it's all the gifts of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are walking past the temple, and they see a man, uh, a beggar, and he was begging for money, he was crippled. And fixing his eyes, Acts 3 verse 4, fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. Okay, so we know what we do not have. We may not have resources, we may not have training, we may not have bubbly personalities. There's a lot of things we do not have. But listen to what he said next. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Friend, that's not just Peter. I know that tradition and church history and religion and everything else will tell you only some gifted people can do that. I want to tell you, the message of Pentecost is you have a miracle. You say, I have a miracle? Surely I pray to God for a miracle. No, no, Peter said, I don't have silver and gold. What? No, but I do have something. It's the healing power of God. You see, we think it depends on me and my goodness and my closeness to the Lord, whether a miracle happens. But when we understand God has given us a miracle to give to other people, that it's simply just uh, uh, something I'm entrusted with. God gives it to me and I pass it on to others. When I understand that principle, that it's not me, I'm just the conduit. It's Jesus who heals people and I'm just the one who puts my hands on their sore knee or sore ankle or whatever it is and say, in Jesus' name be healed. It's not my goodness that heals the person. It's Jesus. And I have that and you have that. A preacher who I like to listen to is called Andrew Womack and he says, if he stood up and he said, how many of you believe God wants to heal people today? Everyone would put their hands up. And if he said, how many of you believe if I call you to the front and I pray for you, God will heal people today? Most people would put their hands up. But then he says, if I said to you, you pray for people and see if they're healed, do you believe it'll happen? Most of us would put our hands down immediately. Why? Because we think it depends on us. We think it's our goodness our closeness, our qualifications, and actually, it's just Jesus. We're just passing on what He's given us. And you have that power. 
If you've been filled with the Spirit, if you didn't get it last week, we'll pray for you again this week. You can listen to the message on the internet. God fills people with His Spirit every, every time we ask Him. And you have what it takes. You have a message and you have a miracle. And the third thing you have is a manner or a way about you. You know, the Bible says everywhere we go, we spread the fragrance of Christ. <laughs> that means there's something about us where when we're in a room or maybe after we've left a room, people say, wow, there, there's something here. That person brings an atmosphere about Jesus with them. What kind of atmosphere is that? Well, it's an atmosphere of love, of positivity, of excitement, of joy, of faith, of God is good, of humility. God is good. I'm not great, but God is great. That's the, that's the manner that we come across with. And what we're saying in this little booklet, and what I'm challenging us as a church to do, I really am challenging you. Y yes, you. I'm challenging each one of us to say, will you unplug from the charger, or maybe remain plugged into the charger, but start using this power to witness to other people? There's a verse in Philemon, chapter 1, verse 6. I'm reading it out of, I think it's the ESV version. It says, And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective. So that's what I'm praying for you today. Even if you're a visitor here today, I'm praying that you, if you are already a Christian, that you start doing this. But if you're not a Christian, that you become one today, and then you start sharing your faith immediately. Not waiting four years to get a degree. He says, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective. And we're going to help you do it. We're going to make a way for you to do it on Saturday mornings and in other places of your life. He says, I pray the sharing of your faith may become effective. Why? Listen to what it says. For the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. What he's saying is only when I start sharing my faith do I get a full knowledge of all the good things that I have in Christ. I wonder how many Christians have the fullness of the Spirit and God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, Ephesians 1 verse 3 says. But we don't have a full knowledge of it. We've got the blessing, but we don't experience it on a daily basis. Why? Simply because we're not passing it on and sharing it with non-believers. Wow. Is that a challenge for you? What about this little point? The armor of God is what keeps us safe from the devil's attacks. The breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shield of faith, sword of the spirit, helmet of salvation. One of the parts of the armor of God that keeps you safe from the devil is the shoes fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. The readiness to share the gospel with others. If I am not able or not ready or have not been sharing the gospel with others, I am not fully protected from the devil's attacks. <coughs> Wow. Do you mean that, Greg? Yes, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen temptation. I've seen discouragement. I've seen depression. I've seen all these things come into my life, often because I'd gone through a period where I said, I'm, I'm just not going to share Jesus with anyone anymore. So how do we do this? We have been trying to work out the best way to do this. And this is what I feel 
is the best way. We may change this as time goes on, but for now, this is what we feel is the best way. We are going to make a time and a place available on a Saturday morning from 9.30 in the morning till about midday on Saturday mornings. People get together at 9.30. We pray. We talk about sharing our faith. People who've done it can start telling stories about what's happened in their own lives. And um, I'll continue in a minute after we've played the next video. So can we just play the next testimony, please? And this day in Bromley, there was a market on. I went because it was during the day. My interview was on. I was a bit early. And so I went through some of the stalls. And uh, one of the Baptist churches in Bromley had set up a bookstall. So I got talking to them. and. I offered to pray for him, I explained to him that Jesus loves him, Jesus wants to heal him and Holy Spirit does operate today. And I got a chance to pray for him and I, from what I remember he said it was ligament damage, it was all tendon damage, it was his ACL and he hadn't snapped it or anything, he just damaged it and it hurt a lot. So I prayed for him, he said he felt heat and he didn't, I said try it out but he couldn't really because he, he didn't want to leave the store so I had faith that I was healed but that was an encounter God gave me that day. I was out um, celebrating the season with my brother and we were both walking along and we saw a homeless guy just um, on, on the side of the road and uh, we walked over to him and I just had a compassion, I just asked him a few questions about himself and so I just shared a bit about um, my faith and um, you know prayed with him. And um, my brother, in the meantime, he went and he got um, a burger from the stand and gave that to him and he really appreciated it. And it was interesting because while we were standing talking to him and just telling him that Jesus loves him and that we think, you know, uh, he has a plan for his life. And uh, in that time, people were walking by and they were giving money to this guy. Um, he says, but I have never had so much money in the time that you guys have stopped to talk to me. Um, so many people, I think, saw a demonstration of love that day. Um, they could see um, and they wanted to sort of join in with it, you know. So he had so much money, so many fivers, tenors, 20 pound notes in such a short space of time. Just a small, simple act of love can create this little miracle in someone's life. I walked on further and there was another store and I believe she was a Muslim and I asked her if I could pray for her. She was on crutches and I asked her what she did. I said, what have you done? She said, oh, I fractured my foot. I said, well, can I pray for you? She wasn't really hesitant. She just said yes and I put my hand on her foot, prayed for it and she said, oh, I'm feeling heat. I said, okay, give it a try and she, she walked on it and she looked at her husband she said, oh, it's better, you know. I said, well, how much better is it? Ten and it's worse or zero completely gone? She said, it's about a five or six. So I said, okay, can I pray again? And I prayed for it and completely gone. Praise the Lord. So what we have in mind is we get together at 9.30, we talk, we pray, we go through a little bit of the training, which is pretty much this booklet. And maybe we talk about how do you answer difficult questions? What do you do in this circumstance? How do you pray for someone for healing? That kind of thing. And then at about 10.30, we go out in twos or maybe threes onto the streets. Um, there's different ways of deciding who to approach. One of the ways is you pray beforehand and you say, Lord, 
give me pictures so that I know who you're leading me to. And sometimes God will say a checked shirt or a, you know, a person with red hair or whatever it is. And then you go out on the street looking for those people that God has given you the idea of. Other times you just walk in along, you're saying, Lord, guide me to the right person. And he just gives you a sense that's the person. Or other times you just see a person, you walk up to them and you say, hi, my name is Greg. I'm a Christian and God has done great things in my life. Do you have any pain in your body that I could pray for you for or any sickness? Is that a shocking thought to you? Is that a scary idea? You see, the good thing is we go out in twos, which means one person has done it before and the other person is learning. And so hopefully there's a little bit of strength in numbers and, and it, it becomes a little bit easier. But the thing that we're pushing today, which is different, you know, there are many, many evangelism programs. But the thing that we are saying is different is the miracle element. Many people go out and hand out tracts. Have you seen them in the street? There's a lot. Um, and sometimes there's healing on the streets on Saturdays where they are in a certain place stuck behind the, the gates of St. Paul's Church and they hope someone will come to them. What we're saying is we're going out to the people on the streets. We're going to find them where they are and we're going to say to them, do you need healing? And we're going to pray and trust and watch God do a miracle. And then we'll give them the message if they want it. Give them the little business card and explain it. And the manner, the attitude, the, the way that we come across is the third part of this powerful triad. The, the, the fragrance of Christ, the love of Christ, the gentleness, the humility, the joy, the enthusiasm, the boldness. Just the fact that you're willing to go up to a stranger with love and humility and not be all proud and weird and just say, I would like to pray for you. That is powerful to somebody. And the thing that this does, it's like throwing you in the deep end and, and teaching you to swim. Because if you do it in the deep end, the next time a family member at a Christmas meal asks you about Jesus, or a work colleague asks you about Jesus, or, or somebody else speaks to you about Jesus, you'll be ready because you've tried it in the hardest place. You can do it in all those easy circumstances. Amen? We've also got a little booklet called What is a Christian? which is a 30-page booklet which just goes through the essentials of Christianity and how to become a Christian, which we would um, make available to you. It's also on the internet. And that is a great way of leading people through more questions if they have more that they want to ask. So this is what we want to do. And we're not forcing anyone. There's a sign-up sheet on the back table where you can put your name and you can say, yes, I'm interested. There's no dates on that sheet because what we're going to do is we're going to see how many people sign up and then we're going to work out how to move forward with this. Um, but I feel like it's actually just a willingness. You know, when Jesus said to, in Acts chapter 1, when he said to the 120, don't leave Jerusalem, wait for the power, because when you get the power, then you'll be my witnesses they understood the reason for the power, and that is part of why they were filled as they were. You know, if I know why I'm getting this gift, and I know that I'm going to use it, it helps me to receive it properly. And also, I believe that God looks at our hearts, and if He says, if He sees that we are willing to use what He gives us, then He pours it out more. But if He knows that we're just going to close up and say, what a wonderful prayer meeting, 
then he says, okay, well, you've got enough. And so there's this thing of if I'm willing to use it, God will pour more through me. So my challenge and my question to all of us, I could go on a bit more about the training and how do we do healing and how do we share our faith, but that'll all be on the Saturday mornings. My, my challenge really today is to say to you, are you willing to let it flow through you? It may be a new thing to you. You might have thought that the whole filling of the Holy Spirit is just for goosebumps and wonderful feelings. You might have been uh, an experienced junkie. Let's just get an experience from God. And I'm challenging you to say that is not God's plan. You know, they left the upper room. If that was God's plan, the 120 would have stayed in that upper room and they would have just had this most awesome church service for the whole day. But they went out on the streets and 3,000 gave their lives to the Lord that day. And then, in Acts chapter 7 and chapter 8, because they weren't going out from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, at the ends of the earth, God allowed a persecution to break out in Jerusalem so that they had to go out. Because God's intention is never for us to be a holy huddle where we have wonderful services together. It's always for a reason, and that reason is the others. Amen? Always. It's always the others. Let me just read you a few things that Jesus said. Luke 4, 43. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I've been sent. Luke 8, 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said, let us go to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. John 10, 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring in. They will hear my voice and there will be one flock. Matthew 8, 28. When he'd come to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, there he met two demon-possessed men. Matthew 14, 21. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Mark 5, 21. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered. Mark 6, 45. Immediately he made his disciples go to the other side. Mark 8, 13. He left them, getting into the boat again and departed to the other side. Mark 10, verse 1. Then he arose from there, came to the region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan. Luke 10, verse 1. These things the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two by two into every place he was going to go. Mark 1, 38. He said, let us go to the next towns that I may preach there because for this purpose I've come. Mark, Matthew 9, 37. He said, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. The disciples must have been getting quite tired of Jesus saying, let's go to the other city, the other side, the other people, the other sheep, the other thing. Let's go on, on, on. Look out, look out, look to the next. They wanted to just settle down and enjoy ministry with Jesus. And he kept saying, for this purpose I've been sent, go to the other side. In John 20, he says, uh, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, he says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. In fact, several times where it talks about the Spirit coming, it also talks about being witnesses in the same sentence. John 20, 21. Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Those two are joined. 
As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. You can't just say, I want the Holy Spirit, but I don't want to be sent. Mark chapter 15. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. And these signs will follow you. They'll speak in tongues, healings, da 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 da. The two go together. They always go together. So they preach the gospel and God worked with them, confirming his word with signs. Matthew 28. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations. And I will be with you to the end of the age. We want him with us, but we don't want to go and make the disciples. And there's so many. Uh, Luke 24, 49. Okay, I'm going to close with this. This is my very last verse. Luke 24. Just to show you that the spirit infilling and going out as witnesses always goes together. Verse 46. Jesus said to them, Thus it is written, It was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of, of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Whenever he talks about the infilling of the Spirit, in that same sentence is always something saying, go and be my witnesses. And yet we as Christians have cut that in half. And we've said, witnessing is just for some, but I want the power. And he says, you can't have one without the other. Shall we stand together? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came from heaven. Lord, that place where you were in lovely communion and fellowship with the Father and the Spirit, where you were comfortable, where everything was wonderful, you came from heaven and came to dirty planet Earth to save me, and you said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Lord Jesus, you never wanted us to just be comfortable in a holy huddle. You send us out with the power of your Spirit. God, for myself and for many of us, I'm sorry that we've divided those two things, Lord. God, I'm sorry that we've thought we should receive the power for our own benefit and not for the lost. And God, today I determine and I decide that I want to use this power to witness, Lord. I want to use the message, the miracle, and the manner that you've given me to be able to, to lead others to Christ. And I pray, God, for myself and my brothers and sisters that you would help us today empower us today give us the courage to step out of the boat and to do something great for you in jersey and lord we're so excited about what you're going to do in jersey we're so excited about people who would never have known about you coming to know you and love you as a result of this word this message going out from here i thank you god that you empower every one of us brothers and sisters with miracle power that we just step out and do it and you will, you will come through and confirm it with signs and wonders. I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So friends, what I'm asking you to do is make a decision. I'm asking you to say yes. I'm asking you to say yes, I will do this. Sign up at the back, but also just to receive this power again today. And it might be that because you are now willing to go out, you get the power coming in. So as we sing the last couple of songs, just be ready for a fresh infilling of God's power. Amen? God bless. 
Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.